The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We are continuing to learn more and more uh, about COVID-19, not just the virus, but the impacts uh, on the body. Um, but there's still a lot of questions out there, isn't it? Aren't there? Because this is still really new. Uh, and for some who are tested or not tested, um, but some are asymptomatic, some people have no symptoms. For some, there are minor, minor symptoms. For others, there are symptoms that just don't seem to end. In February, the World Health Organization reported that it takes approximately two weeks to recover from mild COVID-19 and three to six weeks for severe or critical infection. Well, our next guest is in week 18 of dealing with um, side effects after covid she isn't alone, and that's why she founded the COVID Long Hauler Support Group. And together, members from across the country are trying to find some answers and look for help. Susie Golding joins us this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Hi, great. Thank you so much for having me. Susie, week 18 for you. What's going on? It's a long haul, isn't it? Never expected oh it uh, to last so long. So um, when did you start feeling sick and, 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 and what was that experience like and what are you feeling right now? Right. I first started feeling sick at the end of March, March 21st. And it started off with just a bit of a scratchy sore throat, nothing that was too concerning. And four days into that throat, um, I woke up in the morning with a really severe uh, pain in the back of my neck and sinus starting to happen. And from there, it just started to uh, have bad sinus infection, a really sore ear, uh, feeling that there was something stuck in my throat. It's called a globus feeling yeah. or uh, feeling that you're sort of paralyzed. Um, and then from there, it went into my digestive tract where it was nausea, diarrhea, um, and really terrible heartburn that I've never had a problem with before in my life. So these symptoms were all concerning. And as I was trying to get help, we've been we were told to manage our symptoms at home, unless mm-hmm. you had the the type of case where you would need some kind of breathing help and would need uh, hospitalization. So I stayed at home and was able to you know connect with my doctor and and ask for help that way. Now, your doctor, according to, um, you know, when you told him the symptoms, said, yeah, it sounded like COVID. Did you get tested? I did. Um, At the time, I wasn't able to get tested because I didn't meet the criteria. So this is what a lot of people are are finding. We're sort of all in the same boat. We all contracted it early on. None of us met the criteria. We hadn't traveled. Uh, We were in the medical field and we weren't allowed to get tested. So we weren't tested until very much later on. Uh, For me, it was over two months. I was tested on June the 2nd and the doctor, I I went to the hospital because I just needed someone to see uh, in person. Um, I had been speaking with my doctor over the phone through many of my symptoms, through symptoms through the heart. I thought I was having a heart attack at one point, heart pains for three weeks. Um, and then I started developing lesions on my tonsils. So I was concerned about everything that had been going on. My doctor uh, really thought that it wasn't COVID because I didn't have the telltale fever. And I was just 
beside myself and feeling the worst I've ever felt in my life. So I went to the hospital, and the doctor took a look at my throat and said, yes, you know, you have been told them all the symptoms that I've had, all the, the, the throat, the, the, the nasal. Um, I was on two courses of antibiotics that didn't do anything. Still, the really sore ear, um, the throat, the feeling of, of being, you know, a lot of pressure and not being yeah. able to swallow properly. And um, he looked inside my throat and saw my tonsils and said, yes, well, they certainly do have something viral going on here. And we can pretty much say that you were a presumptive case of COVID. Um, and we'll give a, a nose swab while you're here. And it'll probably come back negative, but we'll just do it for fun. So I did get <laughs> tested at that point. I got the results very quickly, uh, five hours later, as a matter of fact. And the test came back negative which we had uh, figured that it would. So is there any possibility in your mind that this could be anything else other than COVID? Absolutely not. No. And why is that? It's the worst sickness that I've ever had in my life. It is the most bizarre sickness. Um, the doctor seems to be pretty sure that I have tested positive with COVID, with COVID with all the symptoms that I'm having. And these just aren't normal symptoms. Yeah. These are so, really extreme symptoms. When you're saying, when I'm saying that I had um, uh, symptoms in the in the digestive system, yeah. um, the, the the acid that was coming up was just yeah. uh, so strong. I could you could almost it out of your mouth like it was just yeah. the symptoms were very extreme so Susan, sorry go ahead no that's okay i was just gonna ask you you know what are you still feeling today like what right. are so what it's, are the it's eight, yeah it's 18 weeks later um now what what happens is you seem to uh get symptoms and then you have them for a few weeks and then they sort of it's sort of like an ebb and flow where you start getting to feel a little bit better with those symptoms and then bang all of a sudden something else happens so uh, um, week 14 week 15 i was having night jolts which is a symptom um where you are woken up out of your sleep in a state of tachycardia where your heart is racing pounding out of your chest um so that was happening for a couple of weeks so now I'm on week 18, and I'm dealing with a lot of brain fog, uh, dizziness, extreme fatigue. And I mean fatigue that I've never had before. I, I did have mono um, as a child, and I was actually in the ICU for about a week. It was a really bad case of mono. And this is about 100 times worse than that ever was. So this is absolutely debilitating fatigue is the only way that I can describe it. I'll try to clean my kitchen and I'll get halfway through it and I'll have to sit down and then I'll do some more and then sit down and then I'll be in bed the next day for the whole day. I tried to do some gardening to keep up with the ground and I ended up in bed for three days. It is just something that it's hard to describe but it just it really uh, debilitates you. Susie Golding joining us this afternoon as we talk about um, the COVID Long Hauler Support Group Canada. Now, Susie has been sick uh, with some really odd symptoms um, for 18 weeks now. Susie, I have to tell you, a number of people texting in saying, okay, well, if you had a test that said it was negative, then it must be something else. What do you Great say to those question. folks? Yeah. So what we know is that there's only a small window where you can get a positive test 
which is right at the beginning of the incubation of the virus. So as soon as you start showing symptoms, that's when you need to be tested, and that's when you're going to get a positive test. If you wait for over two months, there's no chance to get a positive test. If you think about it, if the virus starts in your nose, in your sinus cavities, and then goes through your body and has left your sinus cavities, how are you going to get a positive test if it's not in your sinus anymore? Well, this is what's happened to hundreds of us across Canada that we weren't tested in time and that we have now been diagnosed with a negative test, which isn't what, what is actually happening. We are very ill and we need help. And uh, antibody testing, not really at the point where you can access that just to have it done to find out if you have been exposed. Well, it would be great if we if the antibody testing was also um, accurate. Yeah. But apparently from what I've read, there's a one in five chance that you will get a negative read as well. Uh, sorry, that a person will get a positive read. Only one in five chance. So it's still very iffy that the testing really needs to be, um, it needs to be worked on. Um, there was a, a letter published this week in uh, in a research in a, in a medical research article saying that uh, a, a, there was a study done on people hospitalized with COVID nineteen found that eighty seven percent reported having at least one lingering symptom fatigue and shortness of breath in particular but also chest and joint pain sixty days after first becoming sick Susie I think a lot of people think that this is you know a, a nice nice and uh, you know tidy package for most people that they get sick and they're they're good to go again in two weeks and we know in in some cases that is not it whatsoever and for others that we're seeing now in the long hauler support group canada facebook page there's a number of you out there who are saying no this is bad we continue to have these symptoms and we need some help what are you calling on the medical officers of health to do right well we have written a letter to them to ourselves we sent that out today uh, which is going to the media and we're addressing patty has and all the doctors that are at provincial levels that we need recognition we need research and we need rehab we need to recognize that symptoms last longer than two weeks just as you were saying uh, we need to recognize that people who were denied testing early on in the epidemic such as myself and the hundreds of others that are part of the group that, are, that we are recognized by a doctor's di- diagnosis with a positive test. This is important to us because we're going to be excluded from any kind of research group or physical therapies in the future. Um, the reason that we're doing this also is to get everything in order for you and to help everyone else and, and to make sure that things are in order for the rest of the people that are going to be going through this because this is just the first wave. Hopefully, um, things will be better as things go on uh, the research that that we're saying we need to be funded um we need to have clinics and levels uh, clinical levels we need to test for accuracy for the test the testing that we have like i was saying is just a nasal swab um in other countries they're also testing for blood and fecal so i think that's really important that the nasal swab is just not an accurate test in diagnosing the, the virus uh study groups for COVID patients funded and people with doctor diagnosis should not be left out, as I was saying. And for rehab, we need to have dedicated clinics for COVID. And we also need to have a lot of mental health support as well as physical rehab. 
um, people are really traumatized. You know, we're talking about families here who have a few members that have fallen ill. Some have passed away. And, you know, this is uh, a very much a, a game of men- mental anguish for a lot of people who are going to need help. To, uh, I was going to ask you, I was gonna ask you about... I was going to ask you about, you know, the impact on, on your quality of life and, and, and the other members of the support group. I mean, um, if if you uh, were sick, some of you have been tested, have tested positive, others negative, depending on where it was, um, right. you know, in the stage of, of all of this. Um, it's It's been difficult for some people. I was reading about a doctor in B.C. earlier today as well, saying that he's been sick for something like 10 weeks now. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, It's a really hard illness to deal with. There's a lot of stigma. Um, People are saying, well, you know, you're you can't be sick. You tested negative. And we're we have to prove ourselves that, yes, we are ill. We may not look ill, but we are very ill and we need help. And so proving, you know, trying to heal and trying to prove to people what what we have is really happening is, you know, it's it shouldn't be happening this way. We should be treated you, um, as as sick people, and we should be helped. Um, Susie, have you heard back from any of the doctors yet? Have you had any conversation with any of these guys and gals? Not yet. I've just no. been speaking with someone at the UHN about uh, trials okay. going on for for the testing that they're doing. You know, it's got to be incredibly um, challenging. I mean, I I think if someone had, you know, the COVID diagnosis and was able to say, no, I I did test positive and and 18 weeks later, I'm still dealing with this, that that's one thing. But having a negative test and 18 weeks later dealing with symptoms, I mean, you're you're getting poo-pooed on, aren't you? People are rolling their eyes at you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That negative diagnosis has really created quite a stigma for, for many of us. And this is what we're trying to address to the government. It needs, we need, it needs to be addressed because it wasn't our fault. We weren't tested and we are still very ill and we need to be tre- t- t- uh, treated as a positive test. Well, and, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see um, as we learn more about COVID-19 and certainly the long-term uh, effects of, uh, of this infection on, on people, what that looks like a year from now, two years from now, five years Definitely. from now. Absolutely. Susie, thank you for joining us this afternoon again. The, the Facebook group is COVID Long Hauler Support Group Canada uh, put together to try to find some answers and to call for help and maybe to, you know, find some support, support and a shoulder to lean on by other Absolutely. people going through support, the same thing. <laughs> Susie, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take Thank care you. Now. Take care now. So that's Susie Goulding, and I know a lot of you um, are are saying, okay, night, okay, Goulding. Um, no, you obviously have something else, but it is very interesting. Um, a lot of the symptoms that, that she has, and again, we're, we're seeing them come up with other people who have tested positive, but the fact is that there are uh, people out there who have tested positive to COVID, with COVID, and um, are still suffering with side effects uh, months later. Uh, You know, not having that positive test because at the time she didn't qualify for one because um the the limited ability at the, at the time they didn't you remember if you were if you if they suspected that you had it we were all told to stay home uh it wasn't until they opened up testing uh, to everyone that we could all go and get it you remember that don't you it was only a couple months ago 
Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what we continue to learn about uh, this virus and, and continue to see what kind of long-term impacts there are on people. Um, I think that there is still so much that we don't know. There is still so much that we have to learn. And uh, maybe we should all do it with uh, a bit of an open mind as, as we move forward.